Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hey, Brittany. Hey, Connor. So I am a rhino. And what? <laughs> <laughs> I am a rhino, not the one with an H in it. I am a, an R-I-N-O. I'm a Republican in name only, or at least that's what myself a decade ago would have called myself today. So I am a member of the Republican Party, but there's a lot of things that Republicans do and believe in that I don't. And so I'm kind of a Republican in name only. In other words, I I don't really totally agree all the time, right? And I don't go around like, yay, I'm a Republican and, and things like that. Um, now, I have a lot of friends who are Democrats and some of them are very hardcore Democrats, like they really believe it and they really are excited to be a Democrat. And then there are others who are just like, eh, yeah, I'm, I guess I'm a Democrat. And then on top of that, there are a ton of people who are just in, independent or unaffiliated. So of course we're talking about adults in this case who are voters and they have to kind of decide which political party they want to be a member of. What if team any. to cheer for, really? Exactly, <laughs> right? Which, uh, which uh, I don't know. I was going to use the Harry Potter reference to try and impress my wife, but now I can't. Are they called? Are they called houses? houses? Yes, in, okay, houses. <laughs> I was like, is it a clan? I can't quite remember what it is. My wife, if she's listening, is now rolling her eyes. Um, As am I. I am also rolling my eyes. <laughs> okay, good. I'm a good muggle. What can I say? So, uh, people pick their their tribe, their team, right? And um, so, I want to talk a little bit about that. Maybe Brittany, would you be willing to share what what tribe you're in? Yeah. So I feel like. I'm without a tribe right now, if I'm being completely honest with you. But traditionally, I have been what's called a small L libertarian. So I don't mm -hmm. vote with the Libertarian Party. I'm not a Libertarian Party person. Um, for the most part, I am like you, right? I tend to lean more Republican, but I've never really been a Republican. I've always been kind of a Libertarian Republican. So yeah, even though more and more every day, I feel like I'm just without without any party. <laughs> we're, uh, we're nomadic. We're just wandering uh, aimlessly. So, so what is a political party? What are these weird things? Um, now, a political party is really just a group of people. It's a group of like-minded people who get together and they put together uh, what's called a, a platform. Uh, which is basically a list of ideas that they all agree with. And for example, the Republican Party platform, right? They might say, we believe in, you know, limited government and low taxes and strong families and, and you know, uh, border security and, mm -hmm. and fighting, you know, wars in the Middle East or whatever they want to <laughs> say. And the Democrats might say, we believe in, you know, socialism and we like big government and we want to boss you around and whatever. So... The platforms are kind of where they spell out, and of course, I'm being only a little sarcastic there, but it's where the political parties say, hey, if you want to be a member of our political party, here's the things that we agree with. And then all these people get together and they uh, you know, nominate candidates and they say, hey, for mayor or for governor or for the legislature or Congress or the president, here is the Democrat, here is the Republican. Now, Brittany, in, in America, there's basically two big parties, but there's a number of other what are called third parties. What are some of the third, quote unquote, third parties in America? Yeah, so the Libertarian Party, as I mentioned earlier, is one. Um, the Green Party, don't ask me exactly what they stand for, because I don't think they can tell you. <laughs> Global warming? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Uh, the Green Party is one of them. I actually think Democratic Socialist is a party. 
Now, there are a lot of Democratic socials that are in just the Democratic Party, but I think they have a party. So there are a bunch of like little little off to the side ones. Independent, too. It's funny because independent party almost sounds like it's like an oxymoron. Uh, that one's independent American, right? I oh, think okay. Is that what it is? So independent yeah. American. Yeah. What's another one? There's a there's the uh, con- the Constitution Party. The Const- I forgot about them. Yeah, I was a member of the Constitution Party. I think for about six months once. <laughs> um, and so yeah, pe- on that one. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so people people are trying to find their home, right? Like, who do I agree with? What what's the group that I want to affiliate with or kind of be connected to? And so there's not, in my mind at least, and, and chime in, Brittany, if you feel any differently, but there's nothing that's totally like wrong with political parties, with with like-minded people finding a way to connect with other like-minded people and saying, you know, we want to support people we agree with. What's interesting is um, if you look in other countries, uh, especially European countries, what you often find is far more than two uh, significant political parties. So you might have an election where there's like six political parties that each have like a sizable portion of the vote uh, or the number of candidates. Whereas here in America, you basically (laughs) have, yeah, you have Republican or Democrat. And then those third parties we mentioned are like way, 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 way at the bottom to the point where you seriously, I mean, exactly. When we were a kid, there was one third party candidate, Ross Perot, who was constantly being made fun of and not even for really anything he was saying, but mostly because it was like, how cute this third party person thinks they're going to get in the race, you know? (laughs) Um, I'm trying to remember, I believe it was in George Washington's farewell address. Uh, so George Washington, uh, of course, was the first president. And uh, when he was the commander of the military, you know, there were a lot of people who, who even wanted him to uh, kind of be the king. Um, and, and so he turned that down. They wanted like this kind of royalty. And there were all these people with different ideas. But when the Constitution was written and George Washington became the president, uh, he gave uh, kind of this farewell address, this letter when he was done sharing his views. And uh, and here's a part, I, I pulled it up really quick so that I could read it and not totally butcher it. Um, here's what George Washington said. He said, let me now take a more comprehensive view and warn you in the most solemn manner against the baneful or awful, baneful effects of the spirit of party generally. And he goes on to talk about the common and continual mischiefs of the spirit of party um, and and basically continues explaining, um, you know, that political parties can be a problem. And at the time, early in America, you know, you had this unity, right? There were a lot of people come together. We threw off, uh, you know, the British Empire. We formed a new country, but then immediately, and this, of course, is just the, the nature of mankind, right? When when you have power, when, when there's an opportunity to wield power, then there's going to be this like almost wrestling match, <laughs> right? Well, of people who we all had, we had like a common enemy during the war, right? We all hated the, the British. Mm-hmm. And so that was easy. But then when we had to like deal with ourselves, all of a sudden, like you said, we broke off into teams. A more modern example I can think of that probably predates uh, our kid listeners, but the adults uh, will remember this, is after the the uh, 9-11 incident, right? There was this attack in New York City. And the next day, 9-12, September 12th, Americans kind of came together. And it didn't matter if you were, you know, Democrat, Republican. Um, and so I remember Glenn Beck at the time put on this whole thing, maybe it was a year later or sometime later, called the 9-12 Project, trying to maintain that unity and saying, we need to you know, band together and not be so divisive, right? Um, 
But inevitably, you know, after 912 or after George Washington and all this kind of stuff, you have this wrestling match. You have different people who want to impose their views on everyone else. You have people who want to use power their way. And that's the problem with political parties. Now, in America right now, the two biggest political parties are the Republican Party and the Democrat Party. But that's not always been the case, right? Early in America, there were totally different uh, political parties. You could be a, you know, a Whig. I was going to say the uh, Whigs. That was my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could uh, not, not the, like the Whigs you wear. This was W-H-I-G, Whigs. Uh, there were the Federalists. The Federalists, uh, yeah. Um, right? There was the the uh, Democratic Republicans. Which oh, is I was just a, kidding. That was the Jefferson, right? Wasn't Jefferson a Democrat? Uh-huh. Republican? Yeah, yeah, Thomas. So so here's what's really interesting, Brittany, is a quick tangent, but this is a fun part of, of history. So uh, there was later a constitutional amendment to change this, but early in America, the office of president and the office of vice president were elected separately. And so basically the person who got the highest votes would become president and the person who got the second highest votes, in other words, the challenger, would become the vice president. And so what you had uh, in in one occasion was John Adams, a uh, federalist, got the most votes and so he became president. And then the Democratic Republican, Thomas Jefferson, got the second most votes. And so he was the vice president, which was really awkward, right? Because he had to then work closely. They had to work closely together, even though they totally disagreed with one another because they were members of different political parties and just had very different views, which is sad because when we think about the founding fathers, we kind of have this rosy idea that they all agreed, right? And they were kind of <laughs> brothers and all this kind of stuff. But at the time, they, they later you know reconciled and so forth. But at the time, there was a lot of opposition. And in France... The French Revolution was going on. There was a lot of kind of overflow of French immigration coming to America, a lot of people leaving France. And the Federalists did not like that. They wanted uh, to shut it down. They didn't want French people coming to America because they thought that their views, their their kind of anarchy and they were their overthrowing. A lot of trouble. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They thought that that would spill over into America and cause problems for this like brand new country. And so John Adams and, and the, the Congress that was controlled by the Federalists, they passed a set of laws called the Alien and Sedition Acts which did all kinds of things. It made it a crime to criticize the president. What's really interesting about that is that law that Congress passed saying it's it's basically against the law to criticize the president, which goes against the First Amendment saying Congress shall make no yeah. law regarding you know speech. And here they were, the, the very same people, a lot of them who wrote and drafted and supported the Constitution were already violating it Didn't just a few law. years later, right? Yeah, and so they passed this this set of laws, uh, and in the Sedition Act, they said you can't criticize the president. Benjamin Benjamin Franklin's grandson, for example, uh, owned a newspaper where he was critical of John Adams after this law passed, and and he was thrown in jail, um, as were many other people. What was in, the whole point I'm trying to get at here, or one of the points, is that in passing this law, Congress said it was against the law to criticize the president, but they omitted the vice president, because he was from a different <laughs> political party. So they were like, oh, criticize Jefferson all you want. No problem. But, but if you criticize <laughs> if you criticize our guy, John Adams, that's going to be a problem. And so Th- Thomas Jefferson in a different political party, he would actually work in secret with uh, like James Madison and others to undermine the president because he was kind of the rival. 
And so the vice president would work against the president and they were different political parties. So these are the things that, you know, George Washington was already seeing early in America. He was trying to unify and bring everyone together and basically get this this little toddler, you know, America up on its legs so that it could kind of strengthen its its uh, legs and, and keep walking on its own. But he was already seeing all around him just this division, even with, within his own cabinet. In other words, the, the kind of uh, government officials who worked closely with him, there was just strong disagreement. And so he gave this warning. And Brittany, I don't know what you think, but on reflection, I, I think he was right in a lot of ways. And we, we've seen a lot of problems in our country and frankly, across the world from political parties just constantly battling against one another. Not only battling against one another, but like now we can't even talk as as neighbors anymore. And I think a lot of that is because of political parties. So it's not even just the politicians arguing amongst themselves, right? Now everybody has picked a side. And like you said, that's in our human nature. We're very tribalistic people, right? We like to um, stay with our families or even our communities or people who agree with us. But now we've kind of gotten so used to that that we can't even talk to other people. And I've noticed that even with myself, I like to kind of think of myself as a pretty open-minded person. But when I come in contact with people who fundamentally believe different things that I believe, it's it's harder to carry on a conversation. And so I think political parties are okay as far as maybe they put a marker on the ground saying, this is what I believe. You know, this politician is going to do the things that I agree with more than this politician. And that's good. We need that. What worries me is how do we bridge the divides? How do we make each other see that we're not so different, right? Because these political parties are dividing us. That's a great point. Um, I actually just got a letter in the mail from a group trying to paint all Democrats as like socialist anarchists who want open borders and want to destroy America. And I read this letter and I was just like, ugh. Like, it's just all about division. And and look, I disagree with Democrats on a large number of things, but I also disagree with Republicans on yep. a long <laughs> list of things as well. And the silly thing uh, that, Brittany, I know you'll agree with me on is for all of their differences, there's a lot of similarities between Republicans and Democrats. They try and paint themselves as totally different from one another. And yet when one is in power or the other one is power, they all still grow the government. Taxes go up. They put us in more debt. We get in more wars. Right. And so there's always this kind of common uh, growing of government, no matter which party is in power. But you you raise a very good point that I think is a good one for us to end on. And, and that is for all of our differences, we have so many similarities um, and political parties and the people who have an incentive to keep that division going, whether you know they're trying to fundraise or they're trying to get their guy elected or whatever. They have an incentive to make us focus on what we have uh, that's different from one another. And what's harder for us, I think, is to remember or to focus on what we have that's similar. So that's a good exercise. Maybe as a family, you guys can talk about it. What are some similarities where, imagine you have a neighbor that believes that, you know, democratic socialism is sent from God and wonderful and should be imposed on everyone. Well, how do you get along with that person? How do you have good neighborly relationships? How do you try and persuade them? Um, to your point of view. That's another, that could be a whole other episode, I think, is how to persuade people. (laughs) Let's, let's do that. Let's do an episode in the future about how to persuade others. That, that sounds like a fun topic for now, guys, we'll leave it here. Tuttletwins.com slash podcast. Check it out. Uh, Rate it on all your favorite, favorite podcast apps. Let's make sure to spread this around with a whole lot of other people and get a whole bunch of kids educated. So make sure you're subscribed. Tuttletwins.com slash podcast. Brittany, thanks for joining and we'll see you next time. See you next time.
You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.